Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, a cozy show about dying and indie games. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going really good, Patrick, although I have to ask you, is it mm. hot enough for you? Oh, my gosh. 99 degrees. Too um, much. I saw on, on, on my little weather app today, uh, and it said also that the uh, air quality was poor because um, of the fires, but then also an email from the electric company being like, hey, don't use your electricity between <laughs> two and nine. So don't open your windows, yep. don't have the air on, and by the way, it's 100 degrees. It's just, you know, like the way things are. Yeah, I mean, I suppose, remember back at the beginning of the pandemic when we had beautiful weather? <laughs> I do, I do. Man, are we nostalgic for the early yes. days of the pandemic? Yes. <laughs> yes. Also, I mean, there will be a time later in our lives when we are like 60 or 70, where we will become nostalgic for even this terrible time. <laughs> is that wild or what? <laughs> that is wild. A comforting in a weird way, but wild for sure. <laughs> Yep, yep. Well, we'll look back on those Animal Crossing memories, those uh, relying on. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll we'll, we'll even mix it up. My God, in 10 years, when we're like looking back on this time, we'll be like, yeah, Animal Crossing was a lot of fun. And then someone will be like, that came out during the pandemic, if you remember. And you'll be like, no way, that's right. Speaking of no way that's right, my copy of Sonic Forces, would you like to borrow it? You can if you own a Nintendo Switch. Uh, I guess, honestly, you don't need to own the Switch if you just want to borrow the game and like put it up on your shelf for a little while. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And give us a mailing address that we can send it to. You play it or don't play it for as long as you want. You send it back. It is a uh, successful program. It is currently active, uh, which makes me happy. Mark, I assume it makes you happy. It makes me uh, very joyful. I do think I think it's such an important important point that you brought up, where it's like this mm. program is not restricted to people who own a Nintendo Switch. The purpose no. of the program is to borrow Sonic Forces. If you choose to play it, Great. That's right. But you don't have to. Right. Right. One of the uh, founding principles of the Sonic Forces borrowing program is that no one can tell you what to do with my copy of Sonic Forces once it is in your possession. You can keep it for as long as you want. You can try to sell it. If that, <laughs> I mean, I would ask that you not, but you can. Like, there are there are no cops in this scenario. You get to do whatever you want with it. Um, so it's, it's a wonderful program. It's the ultimate freedom. I don't know why you wouldn't participate um another thing that you can do uh that i don't know why you wouldn't participate this is a bad transition um we would love your reviews on apple podcasts yeah i mean i love reading them um and here's the great thing look i'm lazy i only look at apple podcasts because it's what's easily accessible to me but we love reviews no matter where you get our show and we appreciate them greatly so thank you to everyone who uh, has ever rated us um it even if you didn't give us five stars we prefer you give us five stars it's not quite like the sonic forces borrowing program true we can't tell you what to do but it is right. our preference right, right 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 um i mean honestly it is my preference that people send my copy of sonic forces back but if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen like i'm not gonna get upset about it <laughs> um and if you uh if you wrote a review that and you want us to shout you out um you can just shoot us an email again at nintendo cartridge society at, at gmail.com gmail and we'll uh, talk about it on the show um now here guys the everyone not just guys i'm sorry to use a, a gender specific uh collective uh pronoun I we need your Super Mario memories. We are coming up on Mario's 35th anniversary in October. We're going to do a whole month of Mario programming and we're going to close it out with our favorite Mario memories. Times when we were moved by Mario, when we were overcome with the joy of making Mario run and jump around, when we made our friends jealous um, because we had the Nintendo 64 and he didn't. 
Um, but we want to collect your memories too, so we can talk about them. Uh, the show is going to be on August 29th, but we will be recording a couple days before. Uh, did I say August or October? Oct- uh, you said August, but it is in October. It is indeed October, October 29th. If you can get your memories to us by October 27th, that would be great. We can talk about them on the show. Um, I'm really looking forward to that one, Mark. Um, I feel like people have a long history with Mario um, and probably have a lot of formative gaming uh, memories tied up in Mario. Yeah, I think Mario Month is going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be great. Mark, also great, the uh, Indie World Showcase, which happened on Tuesday. That's what this episode is about. Uh, so let's just get into it. Now, Mark, we weren't sure when this was announced whether there would be enough meat on these bones to make a meal out of it. Um, but it, I feel like this was a pretty good indie showcase. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, the the last couple of the indie world showcases have been like enjoyable, but there wasn't really anything that like moved me um, to like where I was like, oh wow, like I'm absolutely going to pick that up. Or um, this was definitely one where I was like interested in a ton of the games that came out. Yeah. Well, and this one also had a lot of like, and it's available now action items, it right? It did. Like, it had a crazy amount of that, it felt like. Um, the So uh, j- just a quick, like, you know, b- by the numbers here, there were 14 games that were uh, new to Switch that were being highlighted in this thing. Um, uh, as six of them were available later that day. Um, and then there were another nine shown off in the sizzle reel. Um, and a lot of those were uh, games that we had seen in, in previous um, Indie World showcases. Um, and then they closed off with uh, a huge update coming to Untitled Goose Game, uh, effectively making it Untitled Geese Game. Um, so it's just there was just a lot, just by the numbers, a lot of stuff in this thing. Yeah, totally. Um, and then one thing I wanted to uh, say before we start like breaking down every every little piece of it, um, at the end of the video, they said, oh, by the way, we're holding uh, an indie sale, um, which affects a lot of the uh, games that we have announced um, today, uh, which is pretty cool. That means games that were uh, both announced and coming out um, today uh, were also, and by today, I mean Tuesday, um, were also at a lower price than they uh, would be, uh, you know, later. So the the sale is in effect until the end of August, Sunday, August 30th. Um, and in addition to the games that we will talk about uh, as, as we come up, there were a lot of like uh, older um, indie games that are, that are also on this list. Enter the Gungeon is 30% off, so it's seven bucks. Um, Streets of Rage 4 is 15% off, so it's 22 uh, 21, 24, um, Ori in the Blind Forest is 30% off. Uh, Dead Cells is 40% off. Creature in the Well is 40% off. Um, so a, a lot of uh, indie games that you and I have talked about um, and been sort of excited for. Maybe we haven't tried them all out, um, but it seems like there is a uh, now is a good time to get bang for your buck on indie titles on Switch. Yeah, one that I remember, one game that I remember when it was revealed in an indie world showcase a while back. Uh, was Earth Knight. Do you remember that? The one with like the dragons oh, yeah. and like falling through the yeah. sky and everything. And that one's on sale 50% off for $7.49. I never really did any follow up on that. Like, is it a good game? I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know. And Neo Cab, remember Neo Cab? Mm, that's mm-hmm. uh that's 25% off, so down from 20 to 15. Um I mean there's I, I picked up a, f- a handful of games uh, that were uh, like featured in the showcase, but now I'm like, should I go back and like grab some of these before the the sale is up? Um, it's uh, you know, it's it, I, I the whole indie world showcase is such a cool opportunity to uh, shine a light on games that don't have you know a, a high enough profile, um, and like roping the rest of these in with a discount. Um, just it, it's a nice uh, you know like rising tide uh, raises all boats. Like I, I I like that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Mark, do you want to get into the one at a time? Here are all the games. Here's what we think about them. And here's what we think about the presentation. Or oh, do you have d- anything else <laughs> over overarching to say about the presentation? Before no, we I don't. I'm, di- I'm dying to get into the specifics. Um, did you miss uh, Damon and Rich? No, what was that guy's name? <laughs> I feel I like we answered our own question. Um, That's right. No, I did. I didn't particularly miss them. I felt like the uh, the 
uh, people who were narrating the North American version um, were fine. It was that perfect amount of like awkward, stilted, I'm reading the teleprompter at the Oscars type performance where like, you know, like you're, you're selling it enough. Like it's endearing. I'm into it. Thank you for this presentation. It is so weird, though, that like there are a couple of times where you're just like, oh, did they didn't see like that joke coming in the script. Like <laughs> it felt like there were a lot of cold reads that made it to the final version of this. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, it's still it's still charming. It's still endearing. Um, so the presentation opens up with Hades, which is a game from Supergiant, the developers of Bastion and Transistor. Um, this is a game that has been sort of out on PC since December 2018, um, but it will be making its like version 1.0 debut uh, in this fall. Um, and so that'll be on PC platforms, uh, Epic and um, Steam. Uh, and then it seems like it's console exclusive when it launches to Switch. Um, but the language on that uh, on the website is a little bit confusing. So, right, like you point out, the showcase used the phrase "system debut," which, like, what does that mean? <laughs> that what does "system debut" mean? Readily apparent in any game that is a new release. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I don't, so this is a game, I know I said I was excited to dive into the details, but I don't really have any like strong feelings about this one. I am happy to see that it supports cross-save. Um, those are just yeah. like words that I love to hear. Like I love that it's becoming like more and more um, prominent. And I know that, you know, sometimes it's restricted to just like PC and like console version and not necessarily like console versions talking to each other. But just like... Um, like, uh, you know, they added that to The Witcher 3 uh, in a patch to the Switch version. It's like, yeah, like, that's like a killer feature. This game, Hades has been out since, like, December 2018 in early access on PC. And, you know, one of the Switch's killer features is its handheld mode. So being able to, like, yeah. keep all that progress, but being able to play it in bed, like, that sounds awesome. Yeah, and uh, the 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 game itself, right? I don't think we really talked about it. Is uh, a a roguelike, uh, like overhead hack and slash dungeon crawler, um, where you play as the son of Hades trying to escape from hell. Uh, and every time you die, you wind back, you wind up back in hell, and then like have grown a little bit and just like try again. Um, so you know, it, it seems like the the type of game that you could be you know, restarting again and again forever, um, but always making a little bit of progress, right? Um, and the idea of not being able to bring that progress over to Switch, uh, huge bummer. Um, yeah, but totally. luckily, they've sidestepped that bummer entirely. <laughs> um, are you, have you played any of the other um, Supergiant games? I haven't. I know, but like Bastion is the one that I am most familiar with, but I, I haven't played either of them. So I picked up Bastion um, when it came out on Switch, or what it saw like a a price reduction of you know it was like an eighty percent off sale or something like that. So I paid I think I paid a dollar for it, maybe two, um, and uh, it's. It's a, a cool game with like a lot of style and swagger. Um, the the specific like flavor of that swagger um, was a little bit laughable to me, um, but I also don't know if like they know they're being funny or mm, if like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's like, it's just absurd enough that I'm like, maybe they do get it, but also maybe they don't. And either way, like the, the presentation is fun and the um, like actual action was, was fun too. So. But um, ba Bastion plays like very different from Hades though, right? It's not really a uh, dungeon crawler or is it? I mean, it's not, it, it sort of is, it's sort of, a, it's, it's not roguelike for sure, um, but like you are, and it's probably not uh, procedurally generated in the same way um, that, that Hades is, um, but it's got like the same sort of perspective and like mm. you are sort of, you know, managing um, your resources to explore uh, spaces and, you know, combat bad guys. Um, so it's, uh, I, I don't know, I'm not disinterested in this. I haven't read any reviews of of Hades or anything like that. If there are any, it's still obviously in its uh uh early access. Um, but yeah, it's something that I'll, I'll be interested to look into as we uh, get closer to it. Up next was Hyper Hypnospace Outlaw, which is uh coming to the Switch on August twenty seventh, and this game is on sale right now, uh twenty five percent off the twenty buck regular price for fourteen ninety nine. Um, so this one looks like. 
visually really interesting. Basically, you're exploring an alternate history version of the 1990s through like the janky websites of the era. Um, yeah, hopefully you had an Angel Fire website and you know how to, <laughs> you know how to navigate it or GeoCities, because um, that's that's what this game looks like. Like you are operating, you know, on like a Windows ninety five uh, web browser of some kind. And the the thing that's intriguing to me is like I I'm not entirely clear based on just like the uh, video that they showed what the gameplay is. There is a demo yeah. out now which I I haven't picked up yet, um, but it. The thing that like is intriguing to me is they talk about like having to like solve mysteries. And so I'm hoping that in this game I'll be able to um role play as Sandra Bullock's character in the net. Perfect. And, uh, you know, and like solve whatever mysteries and uncover whatever conspiracies I have to uncover. Um is Mel Gibson in that one? I don't believe that Mel Gibson is in the net. I, I don't Who's think, in the net? I, I, I think it's Sandra Bullock and uh, I don't... There's a dude. Well, there is a dude. I, do, I, I just, I feel like the 90s, we as a society would not have been able to handle the heat of a Sandra Bullock and Mel Gibson pairing. That's a great point. Um, uh, uh, Jeremy Northam? I don't know who that is. But Dennis Miller is also in the net. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I am interested in picking up the demo. I do have to call out again, like I really loved our narrators and I hope we see them forever and ever. Um, but they were talking about like, oh, all like the trappings of early nineties websites, including GIFs and GIFs well, are definitely not a nineties thing. Right. And, and also they made a joke about it cause she said GIF and right. later he was like, don't you mean GIF? Um, which, uh, uh, well, well, the observation about gifts, uh, is, uh, suspect. Um, I do like that they, uh, like got out ahead of that joke that they were, that they were, it's like, you see internet idiots. We, we, we know, we know what's like weird and funny about the internet too. We get it. We're hip. And I guess also like gif at this point probably just means any sort of like animated, uh, like image on the internet. Yeah, and so I mean, what what was what was like the the dancing baby back in the day? Like, was was that a what was that? <laughs> I don't. It was an animated graphic on a website. Oh, you're right. Actually, maybe I'm the fool. I hate to yeah. say it because I've never been wrong before, but I guess there's a first time for everything. Uh, is this how people feel you know, all the time? Gifts? Yes, this no, is how everyone feels all the time. Oh man, that must be aw- that's awful. I hate it's terrible. Feeling. Go back in your bubble. <laughs> um, yeah, as Mark mentioned, there is a demo available now. Also, the uh, Hypnospace Outlaw Plus, um, which is an expansion pass, will be available um, at the time of launch for free. Um, Mark, does this mean the game is already available on PC platforms? I'm I'm unclear about this. I'm unclear also. Although it seems that would follow a trend of the lot a lot of the games that we're seeing here. Yeah, where they're out on like other platforms, including Apple Arcade, but they're like coming to consoles yeah also should be noted that um it is coming to the playstation 4 and uh xbox game pass the same day that's august 27th also if i was creating Uh, a game that was about like the being online on a computer i would probably just make it for the pc first yeah i would i would make that thing run in a browser Um, and that, that, so that was Hypnospace Outlaw. Next on the list is Spiritfarer, um, another game that uh, has been out on PC. Um, this one is available now on Switch um, for $29.99. This is the only game that was uh, revealed on Tuesday that came out on Tuesday that is not subject to the sale. Um, uh, and our, the, the, uh, cold, our cold open for this episode, a, a cozy episode about dying, uh, this is how they describe this game. Uh, it is a cozy game about dying. Mark, you mentioned to me that this one is uh, of interest to you. Um, you uh, care to tell us why? Yeah, I, uh, I think like the presentation, the idea, the um, just being able to like hang out in this cool, maybe you know, kind of melancholy, a little bit sad world. It uh, just seemed really appealing. I am coming to the end of Paper Mario the Origami King, and right now there's not really any like big new release that's looming on the horizon for me to pick up. And so there like this and a couple other games in the in this indie world showcase seem just like perfect games for me to like roll into yes. next. And uh, this is one that just seems like 
uh, I don't know, just like a, 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 a like relaxing. I don't know if that's the right term, but just like a world that I want to be in. Yeah, the the sort of elevator pitch for this is that you it's a, a management game where you help escort animal spirits over to the other side by um, like forging relationships with them and sort of managing your boat and exploring the world. Um, it seems super chill. Um, the game reviewed super well on PC. Um, this is one where I did go and check out a, a lot of um, reviews. Tom Marks over at IGN uh, started off his review by saying like, so The Last of Us 2 is like a deeply de- depressing, crushing de- game about death and violence, uh, and this is like the opposite of that. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is like the uh, the the antecedent. This is we, this is where we can talk about peace, where we can uh, find some sort of comfort in you know what comes after this life. Yeah, and that sounds like really nice. Um, having like some sort of comfort. Uh, <laughs> it also in my head canon. Is that okay? There's a movie from I think 1990 uh, that there's no reason anybody would have seen it unless maybe you saw like the MST, the Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode uh, where it was featured. But it's a film called Soul Taker and it starred Joe Estevez. And it was about like um, uh, this uh, kind of like Final Destination actually, uh, where this like group of teenagers gets into a car accident and they evade death. And so, like, these two beings in, like, black trench coats are having to track them down because it's their job to gather their souls. And uh, so, in my head, somebody else knows about this movie and was like, that's an idea for a video game, but I'm going to, like, make the cute version of this. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um. Also, uh, I just really appreciate that this um, the trailer started off with a uh, and it said there, you know, blazoned right across the bottom, like not actual gameplay, which just like a nice chill anime music video mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for like a hug your friend neighbor Totoro style. Like uh, it was it was great. Um, and it made me very relaxed and happy. Speaking of which, uh, so the next game they showed was Garden Story, which is a game that's coming in 2021, um, developed by Pic- Picogram, which seems to be like a one-person dev team, and mm-hmm. uh, I think published by Rose City Games. So uh, this one, and there was another one, I think, a little bit later, but um, or maybe it is this one. Actually, I'm blanking right now, but this is the one, it gave me such Stardew Valley vibes in like a really like totally. positive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, possibly Bear and Breakfast. Uh, they they both seem to be uh, developed with like some of the same tools and the same tools that you see used in uh, Stardew Valley, where like the menus have that kind of look to them, and like you know everything is like an eight bit slash sixteen bit, all kind of faked. Um, but you know, is still like that's still like an appealing aesthetic. I like, I don't hate it. Yeah, totally. Um, what exactly the gameplay is, I'm not 100% sure, but Picogram and his little like uh, narration about the game talks about how it's about building communities and bringing people together. Again, these are all ideas that I'm super into right now. Yeah, um, and you, you play as a grape. So, I mean, like... <laughs> What's not to what, like? What, 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 what more could you want? Um, next up was uh, Subnautica and Subnautica Below Zero, which is the sequel to Subnautica. Um, again, this is a, a game that had been previously out on um, PC and possibly some other platforms, too. Um, it's like a first-person underwater swimming exploration um, game. Seems cool. Seems like they took the uh, concept of... Oh, what was the name of that Wii game where you were like swimming around in the ocean? Yeah. Uh, oh. oh, gosh. Yeah, um, we've got we've got to Google it. Um, yeah, I, I've got a I've got a Wii Ocean game, Endless Ocean. Yes. Um. So it it's it seems like they kind of took that concept and it uh, kind of aliened it up a little bit and adventured it up a little bit. So there are actually like uh, tasks and like some element of danger, but still a relatively uh, chill experience. Um. And you know the animals are not recognizably Earth animals, which is also cool. Yep. And then after that is uh, Takeshi. And oh wait, her- do do we get to? Sorry, did we get to the release date on that? I don't know. If oh, I don't know. Coming uh, out- that's another next one that's coming next year as well. Yeah. Uh, Takeshi and Hiroshi is available now. It's 10% off, so it's $8.09 on the eShop right now. Uh, this is one that I think was on 
is currently on Apple Arcade and is now making its debut on Switch. Uh, we'll see a couple of those in here. Yeah, the 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 cutscene that they uh, show off is really cool. It's like a stop motion animation style, um, like a little like Gumby ish in an endearing way, which I don't usually say about anything related to Gumby. But um, Mark, don't start this Gumby fight again. <laughs> but I I do have to say, okay, so that that just seems to be the cutscenes. The game itself is kind of like a two D where game where you're designing rpg challenges for your like your sick little brother um and so you have to get like the the balance right uh i have to say i i do like i really like the animation style of the cutscenes. the the game itself didn't really like grab me yeah i think the uh the sort of like rpg the in-game that you're having your little brother play um those feel very uh like of the mobile like graphic style uh, which would make sense if this was a uh, uh, ported over from um apple arcade um but again available now and it's for you know eight bucks so um you know you could you could do worse like uh raji an ancient epic um which actually looks really cool um this is another game that is uh, available now um normally for $25 um on sale uh 10% off for 22.49 um it is an action adventure game set in ancient india taking inspiration from hindu and balinese mythology um this game looks really nice. Uh, looks really pretty. This is one that I picked up um, because I was uh, like moved by the art style um, and the uh, you know music was neat and something you don't normally see um, in in video games. Um, I'm finding the the gameplay to be a little so it's it's like a it's like an overhead sort of hack and slash uh, game with like a a narrative um, gui- guiding you through it. Um, but all of the platforming um, feels very context sensitive like there mm-hmm. there is a a jump button but if you are not in front of a um like platform that you can jump to or like a platform that you can jump up to and grab uh that's her roll button so like y- you know and there, there are also like certain walls that she can like run up al- al- along the side of um like she's in the matrix um but it's really only certain walls um so it it, it feels like there are a lot of uh context sensitive uh, or context specific button inputs that lead to actions and i sort of want to just be able to perform all those actions uh kind of whenever i want um it's it's still a, a neat game and i'm, I'm gonna keep going back to it because i spent 23 dollars on it um but uh yeah that is a a timed console exclusive uh, out on switch now yeah it, it looks really pretty one of the things that i thought was like appealing about it um, more than just like the aesthetics is that I, to me, it reminded me of like the God of War games that they don't make anymore, yeah. like the Prince of Persia games that they don't make anymore. Uh, I feel like I don't really know what uh, games are being made in this like style of hack and slash. And so I think it is cool to see like an indie game kind of filling that void and a void that's not necessarily like a, a Zelda like or a Metroidvania. Yeah. You know, um, like to fill that that space i think is pretty interesting god of war is an interesting um uh like hallmark for this because like it is similar to that um it's it's pulled out even further away and obviously way less gruesome um but also like there really is it is super novel to have uh, a game that is based in mythology that's not like the three or four different like mythologies that everything plays in all the time like you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's nice. I know I'm never going to encounter like a unicorn or a dragon or, you know, <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's neat to be dealing with like a whole different palette of, um, magical stuff. Yeah. Uh, up next was Bear and Breakfast, uh, another game that's coming in 2021. Uh, this one looks really fun, really cute. So basically you are managing a bed and breakfast as a bear named Hank. Now I have one note on Hank. Um, or just really a comment, not a note. Nobody has to listen to me. Um, so Hank has like a tuft of hair on his chest. Yes, which like he sure great. Does. But when he's in profile walking, they look a little bit for whatever reason. It looks like breasts. It does. I, it looks I like breasts. I can't help it. I'm sorry. That's just those are just facts. We can move on from it. We never have to mention it again. Well, it's just, I, it's weird that you, like, normally when you see, like, a tuft of hair like that in on an animated character, it's not rounded, 
right? Like it's got like an edge to it. And if if his hair tuft had like little, you know, Bart Simpson like jaggedness to it, like it would be fine. But yeah, that the, he's got it's like a little poof in front of him. I am grateful that uh, <laughs> that we agree on this. I'm, I'm with feel, you, Mark. <laughs> I feel validated because I immediately was like, those are breasts on that bear. And it wasn't. It's just a tuft of hair. And I'm fine with it. We're moving on. It's a really cute game. Um, almost does look very like Animal Crossing. Um, but like Animal Crossing slash uh, Stardew Valley is yeah. how it came across to me. Yeah, you're moving furniture around, trying to make the uh, the bed and breakfast like an appealing place for for your visitors. Um, seems cute. Uh, again, that one comes out in 2021. Um, the next game uh, available now is a short hike. Um, this game is 7.99 or 10% off is 7.19. Um, I, I picked up this game because uh, I had heard only wonderful things about it um, on PC. Um, and this is a, uh, a they, they describe it as a compact exploration game. Um, and in the short time that I've spent with it, um, it feels like uh, a sort of uh, overhead view uh, Breath of the Wild without uh, like the violence. Yeah, I've heard it described that way as well. Um, it also, this one again, kind of seems to me, I, I picked it up. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. But uh, it looked just like so much fun, so cute. Uh, it also seems to have a little bit of like an Animal Crossing type vibe, but, but maybe it's just because there's yeah. like anthropomorphic animals that are you can like talk to, and maybe that's all it takes yeah. for me. I mean, so in this game, you play as a bird um, who is uh, like depressed, but on vacation with their parents, um, and they go to this mountain, um, and the the whole game is is very open, right? Like at any point, you can. Exp- go to anywhere on the island uh, and try to climb this mountain as best you can. Um, And while you are interacting with people, you get like little micro goals. um, And uh, all of those goals are just, you just kind of keep them in your head. There's no like quest log checklist or anything like that. Um, So it is just remarkably open. And the the whole point of the game, uh, as far as I can tell, is to collect uh, gold feathers, uh, which will increase your ability to glide um, cause you're a bird, uh, or to, uh, climb. So j- again, just like breath of the wild, um, you are really working on just your stamina to get higher and higher as you go. Um, but there's no, there's no like danger. Like you don't die at any point. Like, uh, the people that you encounter will like challenge you to a foot race or, um, you know, someone, uh, one of the early characters you meet is making a sandcastle with a shovel and you're like, Hey, can I have that shovel? And they're like, no, I'm using it to make sandcastles. <laughs> and you're like, what if I get you a smaller shovel? Like one that is used to make sandcastles is like, Oh yeah, then I totally trade. And so like, you just do these like simple little, um, quests and just like make other characters lives better, make your own life better and get further up this mountain. It's really cool. It's got this great, it's, it's clearly a, a 3d game, but it has this, uh, like pixelated filter on it. So everything looks like it's kind of eight or 16 bit. Um, but like the camera is really dynamic and, uh, it just, I really can't say enough good things about the like hour and a half or so that I've I've spent with it since yesterday. Yeah, I'm really excited to uh, dive in. So up next was Card Shark, another game that's coming in 2021. Uh, this is from the same development team that made like the Reigns games, which um, yeah was like another like card based game that I uh, don't know that much about, so I won't even pretend. But this one, like visually and even I. Uh, I don't entirely understand the gameplay just based on the trailer, like the <laughs> right. that they showed, right. but it yes. seems really interesting and it looks really beautiful. So it takes place in like uh, 18th century France and you are trying to become, you're just like a card shark. And so you're trying to scam people seemingly. Yeah, it is a game about cheating at cards, which like, come on, that's so cool. Um, it, it was introduced by uh, you know the one of the developers who uh, like started off. It looked like he was doing a magic trick where he was just like uh, you know pulling the aces out of the deck and then revealed that the deck was all aces. <laughs> um, so like it's it's good silliness uh, and seems to be like really self aware. Um, but man, the the art style in this thing is. Uh, I don't I don't even really know how to describe it. It's got like an impressionist quality to it, but also like a little bit cartoony, um, distinctly European. 
uh, I don't know. It this this one seems dope, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm excited to learn more about it. Um, next up was Torchlight Three, which is coming out in uh, fall of 2020. Uh, this takes place a hundred years after the previous Torchlight game, um, and just like the last one, is a Diablo-like game. Um, a couple of uh, like new features to this one: um, you can build a fort and show off your uh, your gear to the world using the fort, um, and also pets are returning. Um, and the, the pets have their own stats and skills. And if you get it on Switch, there is a special red fairy pet that you get by buying it on Switch. Um, yeah, uh, Mark, have you messed around with the, the Torchlight games at all? I, I haven't. I um, Torchlight is interesting to me from like a business perspective because they really kind of like found their uh, footing while there was no follow-up to Diablo 2. And so while Blizzard was like working on Diablo 3, like there was this huge uh, gap in the market. And then uh, Torchlight came in and like filled it, especially Torchlight 2 was really big for a while. Uh, It might still be really big, but I feel like since Diablo 3 came out, that is such like the huge gorilla in that genre of games that um, I'm curious to know like what the Torchlight 2 community is like. And what like the appetite for Torchlight Three will be? I know the Torchlight Two is like super well regarded because it was giving people what they wanted, which was like a Diablo game yeah. that you know, like um, a new Diablo game when one didn't exist for at least like ten or fifteen years. Well, but it, I mean, are we sort of approaching that same scenario now? Like Diablo Three has been out for a while, um, and like there is no like we know that Blizzard is working on a Diablo Four, but like. You know, didn't they show off like the mobile Diablo game? Uh, this is now like a year and a half ago. Yeah, to um, to to much like uh, rending of clothes. Yes, yes, and then uh, them defending their decision by going, "What you guys don't have phones?" <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so good. Um, but I mean, uh, so sort of what I'm saying is that like maybe the Diablo community is in a place where like they do need something else to play, and if Torchlight Three is going to be that, um, they could be that. Yeah, that's a great point. Maybe I guess it just feels like less time between uh, Diablo yeah. 2 and when like Torchlight 2 came out. But you're right, it has been a while since Diablo 3 came out. So maybe there is like a vacuum there. Diablo 3 came out May 15th, 2012. So it's been oh my over, eight, over eight years. I mean, they, they've been uh, supporting it pretty well, right? Um, and, you know, it came to Switch, you know, maybe like two, two years ago-ish. Um, so like, it, it feels like Diablo three has been a little bit more, um, just present, uh, through updates and stuff, but yeah, it's, it's been eight years since the last Diablo game came out. Next was Manifold Garden, which was another game that dropped on Tuesday, uh, at 10% off. So for $17.99, it's a first person puzzle game, um, with in like environments that are supposed to, uh, invoke like MC Escher drawings and, you know, like, uh, it's all about messing with gravity. And so it talks about, like, you'll, like, be making your way through a puzzle and then you will, uh, like, fall through the environment and back to the beginning. Um, what is the name of... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to do so much, like, looking up on the fly. But there was a uh, a PlayStation game, uh, first-person puzzle game based on, like, perspectives... Um, shoot. Uh, it, anyway, I was, I was getting a lot of, like, vibes of that, of... Uh, just, um, you know, that, that, that idea of like trying to wrap your head around, uh, the sort of visual tricks, uh, in a space that you actually have to like maneuver around them. Um, this seems like a cool game. Uh, it's one that I'd like to, you know, wait until it, you know, drops in price to like 10 bucks and then, uh, and then pick it up, but it looks cool. I, I like the, uh, I like the really minimalist, um, application of color. Like it's mostly black and white. Yeah, it it is visually really interesting. I I know that for myself, like, uh, I mean, as I'm finding with Paper Mario: The Origami King, it's like puzzles are just not really my thing. I get like so frustrated with them. Uh, and then next on the wait, did we say <laughs> I'm losing track of things? Manifold Garden uh, came out uh on on Tuesday. Um, next out uh is Evergate also came out on Tuesday. Um. 
it was 15% off instead of the 10% off that a lot of these have been. So it's uh, normally 20 is going for 17. Um, it is d- described by the development team as a dreamlike 2D puzzle platformer. Um, uh, this is another one, uh, which is, I guess, about death. Um, uh, it is a, a, quote, journey through life, death, space, and time. Um you play as a, a a little thing, a little creature, <laughs> yeah, uh, and and you command the soul flame, which is the way that uh, it interacts with with the environment, um, s- slowing down time, you know, activating switches, that sort of thing. Uh, it looked kind of cool for a second. I thought this was um, Hollow Knight because um, the character has a very similar look to him. Yeah, it totally uh, reminded me of Hollow Knight crossed with like Ori in the Blind Forest. Um, yes. But I, I was joking with friend of the show in June after this presentation that like in the future all indie games are going to be um, like Metroidvanias, uh, <laughs> yes, Souls like games like based on the Dark Souls series or really adorable games about death and mourning. Um, am I thinking of Super Liminal? When the Super the perspective because that that's also coming that's also coming to uh, to this to to Switch. Maybe, I'd believe it. I would believe it too, but I feel like it's something else. In any event, um, no, that that's a, that's a perfect observation. And all characters in all indie games will have giant heads and be chased <laughs> by a spider at some point. Uh, okay, so that that sort of concludes the like main portion of uh, of of the uh, presentation. So we move on to a sizzle reel. Um, Mark, I don't have solid grasps of all the games that are shown off in the sizzle reel. So, but let's, let's try to figure it out. Uh, the the first one was Haven, which is coming out later this year. Um, this one almost didn't look like an indie game to me. Like, uh, it looked like there were characters moving around in like a big 3d space. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, a lot of these just kind of like blur together for me. Great point. Um, so I don't even really remember what Haven looked like. All right. That's good. Uh, going under is, uh, uh, another one that we only got like a brief glimpse of. It's coming out September 24th. Um, from what I could see in there, uh, there's like a human character in a room and like a three quarters perspective. Uh, and it looks like a bunch of like mini games almost like we see bumper cars. We see, uh, the character like trying to, um, you know, achieve like little goals in that space. So maybe it's uh, a collection of mini games. Red Lantern was up next. That comes out uh, autumn 2020. Remember Red Lantern? This is that uh, that dog sled racing like adventure game. Yeah, I feel like haven't uh, we have seen it in a indie world presentation right. before? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and got like a, a deeper look into it at, at that point. Um, this was sort of just a reminder that it, it still exists uh, and it should be coming out this fall, which again, uh, it's where we are at the end of August. So like this fall is upon us. Um, next was Unrailed coming out September 23rd, which is like a train track management game has that like uh, like um, Minecrafty sort of uh, visual quality to it. Um, there's a demo for it. It's out today. Um, Struggling, which uh, looked gross. I don't want to talk anymore about it. it comes out <laughs> August 27th. Um, Inmost, Mark. Do you remember talking about Inmost? I do not. I don't. I don't. So Inmost uh, was in a, a previous indie showcase, and uh, it's sort of like a, a moody 8-bit uh, platformer where you play as three different characters. It's coming out August 21st. Um, I pulled some uh, funny bullet points from uh, Nintendo's description of the game. Uh, bullet point number one, venture into a hauntingly atmospheric pixel art wor- world. Uh, number two, three main characters, each with their own unique gameplay styles. Lure enemies into lethal traps, solve environmental puzzles, and utilize your scythe, hookshot, and pickaxe to avoid a gruesome end. Discover a three to five hour emotional story intended to be played on a single sitting on a dark and stormy night. Nintendo, way to program an evening for me. That sounds great. (laughs) Three to five hour emotional story on a stormy night? Yes! Yeah. Uh, then we also saw She Dreams uh, Elsewhere, Elsewhere, Everywhere. Uh, I wrote Elsewhere, but I don't know if that's actually the name of the game. Uh, coming out early 2021, it looks kind of like a, an Undertale-like game. Uh, and then Grindstone, which is a, another game that has been on the uh, Apple Arcade. Um, 
Uh, that is coming out in autumn 2020 and Goner 2 also coming out autumn 2020. Mark, any reactions to any of those games? I don't have any reactions to any of those specifically. Before we get to the final reveal of the Indie World yes. Showcase, I'm going to uh, throw another game at you that could be the puzzle game you were thinking of. Is Please. it Goro Goa? Like G-O-R-O-G-O-A. Oh, it is so profoundly not Gorogoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, hold on. I'm skipping ahead in this super liminal trailer, which uh, it, it isn't in this indie showcase. I don't know why I thought that it was. Um, it might, it might be super, it might be super liminal. No, I'm thinking of a different game. Uh, Mark, we're, we're, we're never going to figure this out. Uh, and I apologize for distracting us repeatedly about it. Um, what's Gorogoa? Uh, I, I'm going to. It is a uh, another game. It's like a puzzle game where you have to get out of places, but it's all based on perspective. <laughs> I mean, maybe it is that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm going to keep searching. Uh, you tell us about Geese Game. Yeah. Okay. So the uh, final reveal from Indie World Showcase is that Untitled Goose Game is getting a free update that adds co-op on September 23rd. And that a physical version of the game is also going to be releasing. Uh, so I bought Untitled Goose Game. And I think that playing it in co-op would be a ton of fun. Um, it's not. Do, did they say if it's uh, like couch co-op or if it's online or if it's both? They did not specify. Um, but yeah, like uh, playing this game with a friend seems like so much fun. Uh, some of the most joy that I got out of Untitled Goose Game was watching other people play it and watching like the fun they were having and the interesting ways that you can complete the challenges. And so being able to like have that experience with another person in real time just seems like a blast. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Untitled Goose Game is one that I did not pick up, but the ability to play it with another human being, um, like I, I can definitely get Sarah to play this. Uh, I assume it's just going to be uh, a, a couch co-op um, and not an online experience. Uh, but you know, may, maybe maybe it will be, and we we can play it together. Yeah, that would be fun. Mark, Mark, I figured it out. Coming to PlayStation at some point is a game called Maquette. M a q u e t t e. Um, where there's uh, you're, you're in like a a domed structure, and in the middle of the domed structure is uh, like a model that is also that same dome structure. And if you pull something out of that structure and like move it, it will have moved in like your real space as well. Can I ask how you found it? I mean, I still think you're wrong. I still think the game you were thinking of was Gorogoa, but how did you figure out this answer? Uh, so I figured this out because I remember. Uh, I remember this summer sometime PlayStation having an event that wasn't an event where they just showed off uh, a handful of indie games on their Twitter. Um, so like instead of packaging them all mm -hmm. into one video like Nintendo has done for us, um, they're all just now stray links on, <laughs> on, on PlayStation's Twitter account. So I searched for PlayStation indie game uh, reveal July, and I just hoped that it was July <laughs> that this happened. It was July first, so I got lucky. <laughs> um, and I saw the list and was like, "My cat, that's it." The way you're describing where it's just like a bunch of loose links doesn't that feel like just like the summer of gaming? Remember how like in place of E3, yes. like all these places were going to be doing their own like summer long event, and that to me, from my perspective, just turned out to be like regular news coverage. Yes, yes. It's just every every company in the world was like, yeah, we're just going when we have look, we are going to do our own tiny little events all the time throughout forever. Um, and it's just like, yeah, that's that's not E3. That's not, <laughs> the point is to concentrate this. And so there's so much happening at once that, you know, again, uh, it's the uh, the high tide raises all boats. Like, let's get eyes on everything at one time so we can actually care about it instead of it just being like news <laughs> uh okay mark um uh, ra rate this indie showcase for me uh, out of 10 yeah this was a great like eight out of 10 for me i i really enjoyed yeah. this yeah me too um there i i picked up two games uh uh raji the uh, uh ancient epic and um a, sh a short hike um i will probably grab a few more um spirit looks awesome uh and it's supposed to be super fun so like 
yeah, th- there's a lot on here that I want to play right now. There's a lot on here that I'm looking forward to playing uh, in the fall and even more that I'm looking forward to playing next year. So um, that's a good Nintendo Direct. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Mark, let's close this out. Um, I would uh, I would like to know, of course, how everyone else felt about it. So if um, you had a different reaction or just want to say, yeah, I think the same way you do, uh, you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail. Um, but also, uh, Mark, I, I don't know if you uh, had the unfortunate pleasure of, of watching this thing with the uh, YouTube comments on. <laughs> oh, no, I hit that so fast. Um, I usually hit, I usually hide it so fast, but for whatever reason, it was just like running crazy in the corner. Um, and, uh, it is insane what some people expect from, uh, an indie world showcase. Um, and I don't know if it's actually people expecting it or just like spamming smash brothers, uh, you know, just for funsies <laughs> or, or what. Um, but it was chaos. Uh, Nintendo fan community be better. <laughs> Um, all right, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter, wherever you share stuff. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nincart Society. We, can, we also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying I was thinking about Goro Goa. Mark was right. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, I'm Stevie Nelson. And I'm Dave Horowitz. And we're the hosts of I Burn Everything. It's a podcast about food and relationships, which, you know, if we're being honest, are two out of the three things people want to talk about anyway. What's the third thing? Netflix. Okay. We'd like you to rate, review, and subscribe if you like it. Anywhere you listen to your podcast. Apple? iPods? Stitcher? Do you still have iPods? (laughs) 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 If you have an iPod, do it on an iPod. I don't know. If you have a Zune, do it on your it's Zune. probably hard to even charge them now. Yeah, good luck. And if you have a Tamagotchi, you can't do any of this. Yeah, you can't stream audio on a Tamagotchi, but you you can feed them. Yeah, you still so keep feed feeding those it. little buggers. They're hungry. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Campfire.